Welcome to the Empty Arena Podcast. Uh, we don't know the episode numbers anymore. We're not counting. We say that every episode. Uh, but regardless, welcome to the Empty Arena Podcast. And thank you for tuning in and listening to our beautiful voices every week. But do they really tune in? They like, like there's not a radio, like a specific radio dial that they have to go to like 98.4. Or 95.5 RIP. How about 98.6? Which is normal body temperature. Seven. <laughs> I am I am Andrew alongside John, Nick, and Chris, and hey, we hey. have a, we have a, a special episode for you this evening. We're taking a very a, special episode. A, a, an episode you can't afford to miss. We're doing an adventure. We're doing like an Avengers uh, Endgame sort of thing where we're taking a trip back in time and we're playing around with some stones. We're 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 going back in time and and. Making the perfect Survivor Series, that actually would be a great idea for a comic book. Yeah, that would be like really cool. Vince McMahon going back in time to pull like Randy Savage, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, this is just, this got dark. Sorry, never mind. Never mind. Yikes. <laughs> uh, bringing wrestlers back from the dead. <laughs> we are going to talk about some storylines and events uh, in WWE, uh, analyzing them and, and thinking what would have happened if things went a different way so Mm -hmm. for example what if what if cm punk never quit the wwe what if hogan never turned heel uh what if finn balor never lost the universal title all these different things will be answered tonight or in the coming weeks but we thought this would be a nice break from the king of the ring uh monotony um because we don't really have much of a a you know a build right now to clash of champions so we can yeah. talk about we're that still in the first round of the king of the ring tournament it's so massive this year that we're still in first round matchups it's kind of like postseason baseball when it first starts out it's like oh here we go most people are you know who aren't into baseball get excited about it but then the later rounds come up it's like now oh, it's getting really into something so i guess the king of the ring kind of has to give it like another week or two you forget, before. yeah you forget the matchups are three and a half hours long and there's nine innings <laughs> um yeah yeah so yeah so uh did uh, we want to start with hogan well before we say anything uh i just want to uh, jump off of uh, last week's episode with uh king john uh he influenced me so much uh that i actually went on zulily and bought 19 funko pops yes, holy smokes yep we had uh quite the episode last week thanks to our good friend of the podcast, King John Broadway. Thank you to the king. Thank you, your highness. Definitely be sure to check out his uh, YouTube show, Popper's Pit. Uh, what a, it's a fantastic name. Yeah. For, for, and uh, he has a very catchy theme song as well. Ooh. Um, and he has an Instagram channel you can follow. You can also follow the, uh, the king's tax on Instagram. And don't forget to check out the World of Unpredictable wrestling a lot of good uh good wrestling and and um a lot of cool personalities on that uh in, in on that in that wrestling uh division you could always check them out at gleason's gym i think the next event's coming up in october yes but details can be found on empty arena's website as well as uh wuw's website we, we don't have a yeah. website Check out, check us out on our Facebook page. Check out the Facebook pages. That's where the websites are now, man. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, yeah, well, let's start off with Hogan. Let's do it. Let's get yeah. into it. So, Nick, set, set the scene for us from from way back when. 
And by the way, this is this is probably going to be like a three minute wrestling extended to like ten minutes per. Yeah, this is this is almost like a modified three minute booking. If yeah. you're familiar with our three minute booking scenario. Yeah, this is like a where we have now. poetic license. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, um, I was let's see, it was uh, summer of '96, so we were all seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but as far as when the actual NWO formation took place. But if you backtrack, I would say about three years prior to that. Now, 93, 94, I really wasn't watching WCW at this time. I wasn't watching when Hogan just came to WCW. So I wasn't really quite aware of um, his newfound reach, his new audience, and how he was getting over with a new group of fans. It was, of course, a huge thing. There was no free agent bigger than Hulk Hogan at the time. Mm -hmm. So... I really never got a chance to witness his initial rise and then gradual fall because what had happened was apparently that uh, a lot of people started turning on him because the act started to get stale. And um, I don't think anybody expected that in WCW. I think they were just hoping to ride the wave of Hulk Hogan being Hulk Hogan and riding off his previous popularity, but that wasn't the case. So now I think that triggered the conversation of what if we turn him heel, which was something that... Uh, he, he wasn't a heel since like the late 1970s, I think, or the early now, 80s. Now, we're <laughs> so. talking about Hogan going to WCW and becoming Hollywood. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, there, there, was he, a, there was a originally, transition Originally, he, he was the red and yellow again. Yes. He just had a new theme song, but he was the same and that, character. Yeah. Right. So there was a transition phase, and there was this, the, uh, allegedly, if you watch these documentaries about Hogan and WCW and all that stuff, there was talk about making him a bad guy and they weren't sure whether or not to pull the trigger but he was the one i think that really pushed for it and um so we get to bed well i think he knew in his heart of hearts he needed a character change yeah. this is quite possibly the best thing that hulk hogan could have ever done because it gave him i would say another another 10 to 15 years of a career in Absolutely. the spotlight being oh, yeah the top guy as he has been his entire career as a good guy as a face and he did it um as a heel and made the nwo or any kind of appearance from the nwo must see tv yep i mean he had a fantastic cast of characters around him the outsiders really made the nwo what it was but they needed a um a recognizable face to get the entire faction over as something that was Legit. Yep. And this this was a time where, you know, WWE did not own the rights to your name. So Hulk Hogan More was character a, even. Hulk Hogan was a right. he he just took his popularity from WWF, yeah. shifted that over to WCW. But then, you know, as you mentioned, it's kinda of just got stale after right. a while. I can only yeah. So I I think if, if Hogan never left WWF and went to WCW, uh his character probably would have gotten a lot staler a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree with Chris. You know, going to those WCW extended his career by 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. However, if he had stayed with the World Wrestling Federation or the World Wildlife Fund, however you want to say it, um, <laughs> I, I also think he could have had a character change there too. If if they knew what they were doing at the time, and they want, and you know, they basically they wouldn't have entered the Monday Night Wars. And WCW would have turned yeah. into some rinky-dink promotion because right. they couldn't get well, any top stars. 
you know? Because they had they had a few. I mean, the, 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 you but everyone followed, right? Like right. Was, Hogan went, then they signed Hall and Nash, and they became the NWO. Savage. Savage, right? Right. Flair went back. Bret Hart in '93. Flair went back. Yep. Flair went back in '93. Lex Luger. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. A lot of people, because I think it was just the lure of the money. Uh, everybody that was everybody that was basically from that golden era of WWE WWF at the time in the 80s you know the early 90s came around yeah guys like Piper Savage their time was past and you know the new generation come was coming and you had Brett you had Sean you had you know different uh, young faces coming through so they I think just saw the writing on the wall that they weren't going to get the, the push that they were getting initially yeah. and, and with the schedule and them getting older they figured you know what let, let's go somewhere where we're kind of you know taking a little bit of a break and still making really good money so that's what WCW was it was almost like a semi-retirement home for a lot of WWE yeah, guys right. it was yeah it was like God's waiting room for wrestling <laughs> oh <my. Yeah. laughs> it's the, it, was it the Florida of wrestling <laughs> it was the Florida it was close enough wrestling. it was in Georgia it, it was the Fort Lauderdale of wrestling yeah, yeah and, and to your point, Nick, uh, a lot of the new and up-and-coming wrestlers at that time were much more, far more athletic oh, God, than yeah. a lot of these a lot of these guys that were coming up who oh. simply just couldn't compete just based on name alone. Mm-hmm. Right. My, my question, though, is if, 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 let's say, Hogan never left, what would it mean for guys like Jericho? Well, that's... Because uh, Jericho, Jericho started in WCW, correct? He did. Right, as the Lionheart. But the thing with Jericho was that he was the first one to go the other way. Right. Was That's what I'm saying. From a dying company to WWF, he was the first one right. to well, make that jump. So he was significant in his own way. Well, like or Goldberg or you know other guys like that. You know. Yeah. Prior prior to Hogan being in the NWO, and I I I'll be honest, I didn't really watch WCW when I was a kid. I was all WWF right. straight through. Did Hogan have as much pull when he first entered WCW? versus towards the end because um, towards the end it seems like people were jumping ships because well, towards the end everybody and their mother was in the nwo yeah right it became a problem <laughs> so it, it just it made it it so, made it not be must see anymore so it was hulk hogan and, and mrs Balea and <laughs> i mean between him and everyone kevin, the, the story that goes around is that him and kevin nash basically had a stranglehold on all of, on all of the booking and um, okay ted nugent so yeah <laughs> Um, but um, they, uh, I, I think that Hogan definitely had a, a fair amount of influence coming in because you got to remember he's coming in with a big contract. I'm sure he's getting uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, demands laid out as far as title reigns, money, and all that stuff. So I'm sure that he had uh, quite a bit of pull. Um, he, as far as his feuds that he had prior to joining the NWO. Um, he was mixing it up. I, I know he had a match with Ric Flair in 93-94. That's when Flair first came back in, and they were trying to get the Horsemen started up again. But um, I think also the Dungeon of Doom, it was like with the Giants. Oh, God, that, I remember that. That was the that. worst. Yeah, like it was like really... Did you say, did you say Ed Sullivan? No, Kevin Sullivan. Hi, oh. <laughs> Maybe related to <laughs> but, um... The Beatles! <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> He really wasn't doing anything. I don't think he was doing really anything significant. He did have he did have a little bit of a feud with Vader because uh, that was pretty significant. That was in like ninety three, ninety four, I think. Right. 
But yeah, that was around the time where it started to kind of fizzle out. And 95, you know, it was kind of, you know, what's going on here? It's been kind of getting really stale. So I think that what we really wanted to hit on was like, what was going to be Hogan's uh, place if he didn't turn heel and join the NWO? I mean, I can't really think of anything right now. So just do you guys remember when he turned heel and why he turned heel and the event in which he turned heel because bash at the beach yeah, bash, at the, beach. bash right. at the beach yeah six and and he was the third man it was uh oh man was it sting it was, it was sting Luger. And S- sting and savage right or sting, sting, and Luger? And savage. sting savage it was a third guy sting savage and i want to say I think, Luger. i think luger was the third guy yeah yeah against the outsiders and the outsiders kept saying that they had a third man and the outsiders came and did the match just themselves and Hogan came down in his red and yellow. Uh, he got into the ring and he gave the he shoved the referee, <clears throat> which we've never seen Hogan do, and he gave the leg drop to Savage several times. That was it. He gave it to him a, that was yeah, it. a few times. And, and the the amount of t- the the amount of trash that was thrown into that ring. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember watching Gene that. Gene uh... Okerlund was was uh, interviewing them after the match <laughs> and Hogan pulled off one of the best promos he's probably ever done. Well, that's when Hogan claimed that the three of them are the future wrestling. Yeah. The new world organization. <laughs> <laughs> so now what if, the new world order of wrestling brother, <laughs> let's say you had Hulk Hogan, a part of, you know, you know, would he have taken the place? Let's say he didn't join up with the NWO. Let's say they kept him as mm-hmm. a face. You know, mm-hmm. who would have taken that spot? Who could have taken that Ooh. spot? Hmm. Who's you know? It would it have been Savage? I don't think so. Mm. I just feel like Savage wasn't. You know, he's charismatic, but I don't think he was as charismatic give, as Hulk Hogan. Would you give Sting that spot? I would say or Sting. Just, I mean, I feel like he was such a. A perfect foil for Hogan or whoever was going to take that spot. I actually just pulled up a Sports Kita article. What if Hogan had refused to join the NWO? Hmm. Yeah, because remember at that time, he had a fair amount of the booking decisions. He could have refused to turn heel, and that could have been disastrous for himself and now, just him not knowing that. You know, do you think this one? Grant, and this may have been one of the best booking decisions of all time in WCW. And you guys mm-hmm. tell me if that sounds outlandish. It may have been maybe ever in wrestling, professional wrestling. Um, this one, you know, like you know, maybe it was in part Hogan and you know whoever was booking the show back then, uh, you know Bischoff. But do you think this one great decision led to Hogan making a thousand terrible decisions thereafter? No, probably or not. Giving him I, the free range to do whatever he wanted. I don't think he um, gave him. I, I don't think he gave him a ring to do a, a thousand terrible decisions. Um, I, I mean, everyone loved the the, the Hollywood Hogan uh, just as much as the Hulkamania Hogan, yellow and red. You know, I, I, I think I think it's more or less of preferences, uh, shock shock value of when he turned heel. Nobody expected it. Yeah, I think that also you had a general overall um, shift. In, in how wrestling fans were looking at the product because in the WWE at the time you had 
what was really for the most part a lot of slapstick goofy cartoonish sort of uh gimmicks that for the most part i mean outside really of familiar main events yeah now yeah. you had um whereas in wcw you know this nwo story was really rooted in they really put the mask on it to make it seem like it was reflective of reality like you had hall and nash you know come out of the crowd and you know, people were like, who, we, people knew who they were, but, you know, they really weren't saying much. There was a lot of mystique to it. And um, the NWO concept was very, you know, rough around the edges. It was very more for like, I would say, an older crowd. And I think it really um, woke up a lot of people to that. And um, WWE, I think, was just at that point going to start playing catch up. I mean, they were playing catch up for a couple of years in the Monday Night Wars, but. Um, you know, Hogan, uh, I think, you know, at that point, Andrew, I think, you know, that amazing decision, I think, I think it held them over for a good year or two and it shielded them for any, you know, BS I think that might've went on because, um, the chase is always more fun than the catch, I guess, when it comes to, you know, titles and stuff like that. So they were like the quintessential heel faction. I mean, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have a DX. So it's, that is true. It jump-started a lot of things. That heel turn caused a lot. It, it really shifted a lot of things around in, in the early, mid-90s for wrestling. Um, so I really, you know, it's interesting because it's like, it's this is probably one of the toughest, like, what-ifs. Like, what if Hogan never turned heel? Because, like, where would he have gone? Like, who would he, would he have feuded with? Who would have been the big heel to come in? I mean, you... You know, you had Nash, you had Hall, you could have had Savage, who did eventually join the NWO, but, you know, him as the leader for NWO, I, I don't know. But I feel like any any anyone who joined thereafter, anyone who joined the three thereafter, I don't remember them. Like, I, like as a as a casual fan of WCW, yeah. I remember, like, when you, when you think, you know, God, NWO, Nick, I could, I could, I could do... I could do at least twenty members of the NWO. Well, DDP was one. No, he actually was one of <laughs> no. the. No, he really. He joined for like two seconds, and he betrayed. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, he, well, then he diamond cut somebody. Him yeah. and Roddy Piper, I think, were the only. Uh, him, Roddy Piper, and Goldberg were the only three guys. And the Disco Inferno. Yeah, Disco Inferno. But as far as like the immediate after the first three, I would say X Pac, Buff Bagwell, Scott Norton, Vincent, aka yep. Virgil. There's a whole. Ton of them. I just there's pulled too them up. Many. There's a lot, but there's. But I, mean, I think we named I the most that. important ones. <laughs> Conan. Yep. Uh, Macho Man. Ted DB. Dennis Rodman. The, the, the Disciple. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Rodman. Yossi, Booker T. Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Booker Both T. For a while. Uh, Rick Rude. <laughs> the Giants. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. That was in WWF. Oh, yeah, that the Dusty Rhodes. Uncomfortable, uncomfortable version. That's when WWE started overproducing everything. Yeah. And then NWO yeah. was no longer cool. Yeah, it was bad. Um, my God. You know, I, I something dawned on me as I was thinking about this. The only thing I could possibly think of, um, but it would have required another big gimmick change on someone else who was really the face of WCW. What if Rick, if, if Hogan didn't turn heel, what I would imagine, Flair, what if Ric Flair joined Ooh. the NWO and would have been the front oh, man for man. that. That would have been something else too. And uh, but Can he you would have imagine? had, you know, yeah. that's the only thing I could think of, and have them go up against like Hogan and Savage. Oh, well, he was already a heel though, right? For 
for WCW? He, he was. I mean, Flair was heel and face a lot of different times. Um, at that point, Flair would have been good. Yeah, he would have been. Yeah. The, he would have been the super heel essentially. Yeah. I mean, because he always was the super heel in the '80s. You know, if you're gonna make somebody the super heel again, I guess, I guess it would be him. But yeah. that's the only thing I could think of. Good, 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 good <laughs> conversation on that one. I like that. I don't know, maybe. That's but then you funny. have, let's say, you have. I, I think I agree with you in that Ric Flair would have been a great choice. But he's since because he's been heel, it probably wouldn't have had that same impact. Right. But the fact that Hogan was, you know, as it would have made him so much cooler. Flair, you mean? Yeah. Flair, yeah. Think of this. The NWO logo, it could have said NW. Woo! Oh my god. How awesome would that be? Bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Now, what if they they completely botched it? Where they created the NWO to go up against Hogan. And Hogan continues to be the face and overcomes the NWO. Mm, okay. Because because he refuses to lose. And that's been the <laughs> knock on Hulk Hogan all the time. As you can see from when he refused to lose to Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels did those wacky uh, overselling of, oh, of Hogan's, was so bad. Of Hogan's yeah, moves. And he also murdered what Zeus. What if he did? He, he yeah. murdered Zeus. <laughs> Don't forget about that. Dookie. <laughs> Dookie. Uh, if you guys but don't get that what, reference. But what if he refused? Yeah. True. Um, that no, would have it, been like cutting off his nose to spite his face. NWO would not have been as big without Hulk Hogan. Definitely not. Because Hogan was definitely such a not. big personality. I mean, it, they definitely added years to the life of WCW. Yeah. For sure. WCW, Hulk Hogan. Even Paul and Nash. Paul and yeah. Nash. Because before that... And it Hall... forced... Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. It, it forced Vince McMahon to respond with D-Generation X. And it, essentially that started the Monday Night Wars. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because, if yeah, I, I don't know what, you know, Hogan would have been still this novelty act. And if he just went on the same path, it would have just been boring. And then, you know, but then... Look at it this way: When he finally turned face, that was in WWF. Um, well, no, he was still in WCW when he turned back to the red and yellow. That's won. right. Towards the end, it was like ninety. Towards the end, he yeah. was. Um, it was what is it? It was August ninth, nineteen ninety nine. Look it up in your in your YouTube, folks. He was so he was going to be in a six man tag team match along with Goldberg and. Ding, I'm pretty sure, against the Steiners and... Nash? Nash, yes. And he was the last person to be introduced, and all of a sudden, it was um, American Maid came on. And they the, the announcers, Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heenan, I believe, uh, they played it up like, oh my god, I haven't heard this song in years. Oh, could it be? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, and Hogan okay. came out in the red and yellow, and he happened to be the, the world heavyweight champion at that time. So, well. wait, when did you say that was? August ninth, nineteen ninety nine. Look it up. I'm, I'm trying to look at it right now. Uh, so I'm on Wikipedia and post it. <laughs> That's how you know it's a le- it's a legit site. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. That's a scholarly been... source. Scholarly source. Yo, uh, my whole book report is uh, Wikipedia. 
Wikipedia sources. I put it in the biblioteca in the back. See, I, I, see, I don't know. So wait, he, but, so when he shifted over to WWF after WCW went down the turlet, uh, mm-hmm. He was he was Hollywood Hogan, but he wasn't he was, Hollywood. He was Hollywood. He was because that's he when... was not. Yeah, he was not right at the end. Right in 1999, uh, he had another run for maybe another year into 2000, and then he leaves. Chris, unfortunately, you are incorrect. I am. What? It was it August. Was August... August 14th, 1999 at Road Wild oh, from Sturgis. so off. No. You no, are no, the weakest link. No. It, it was on a Monday no. Night Raw, though. No, no it, it was on Nitro. It was on a Monday Nitro. Yep, it was on Nitro the night after, John. August 15th. However, August 14th, Hogan defeated Kevin Nash in a retirement match to retain no. the uh, the WCW World Heavyweight title. Uh, forced I Nash will. To retire. I am going to find this. It was <laughs> Hogan's fourth straight Road Wild main event match. Uh... <laughs> Man, it's scary as to what could have been because that could have been, it could have been over for. I mean, if if that didn't happen, we don't know what WWE would have, you know, WWE would have done, you know, because there may not have been a Monday Night War. No, it would have been very stagnant. There may um, not have been a war. There may not may have been no Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H. No Edge. So Hogan returned to his red and yellow attire on Nitro shortly before the event. August oh, so it was 9th, August 9th, 1999. Yes. Yep. yep. And I have it. I, I have the video. I read that wrong. Thus forcing Nash to retire. Okay, that's why. <laughs> Chris is, beats uh... Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. Chris versus Wikipedia <laughs> in a steel cage match at Clash of Champions. I won. So speaking of retiring, um, I think this is segue nicely into our next one. Yeah. What if CM Punk never quit the WWE? Man, what could have been, what could have been CM Punk. See, I wish I wish Danny was here because he'd be able to uh, give his. Well, uh, he he would be cutting his weight and he wouldn't be hitting his uh, his, his Hadaka Jumes and and uh, his Mitsubishi Glunts. <laughs> D- Danny has a uh, well versed background in mixed martial arts because he is a he is one of the youngest. I'm I'm putting him over right now. He's one of the youngest black belts or was the youngest black belt at one point in Bay Ridge Dojo. He he earned his black belt by giving the uh his opponent the F5. Yes. During, at SummerSlam so and uh, he knows all things uh mixed martial arts so we're going to butcher you yeah. know our knowledge of UFC. But uh but CM Punk CM Punk uh left the WWE. So for those of you who don't know what UFC stands for, it's like the United Federation of Champions. Um, yes. it, it's headed by <laughs> Seth Rogen. The United Federation of Teachers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's UFC. Excuse me. It's uh, it's headed up by by uh, Dixie Carter. Um, <laughs> that's no, not, I, I that's not important, not folks. I thought the president was Dana Carvey. <laughs> Dana Carvey, yes, Dana Carvey. Yeah, Dana Carvey. Um, no, so so just to go back, so this the, the storyline was, you know, it was the 2014 Royal Rumble, and CM Punk uh, loses. He gets eliminated by, I believe, Kane um, in a long, long match. He gets eliminated by Kane, but this is also the year where uh, Batista had won the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, despite that fact, regardless, you know what happened, Punk was eliminated. Uh, and that was the last time he ever performed in a WWE ring. He left the the next night, did not show up for Raw. 
um, and did not uh, did not go back to WWE. Uh, led to a uh, legal dispute between himself and the WWE. He was on a uh, podcast, a Colt Cabana, a Colt Cabana, Colt Cabana podcast, where he uh, told the story of the WWE doctors that he filled the nuts. Um, uh, diagnose him correctly when he was on the road. Uh, he was, you know, he felt that he, he was... He had a staph infection? He had, he, had a, he had, like, MRSA or a staph infection mm-hmm. uh, that he was, you know, allegedly told to perform on, although he didn't feel great. Uh, he was constantly concussed. And, I mean, what he said in that podcast, we only know one side of it, uh, so we're not here to really... Um, you know, place blame on WWE or him. The question really is, what if he decided not to quit? I mean, you know, he hasn't been in a professional wrestling ring in a while. Uh, he's He has been in UFC. He has fought in UFC. I believe he's fought twice, lost twice, and pretty, mm-hmm. like, he lost handedly. Um, yeah, like it wasn't even close. Yeah, I mean, you know, he did try. He did, you know, try to do something else. Um, but he left at a really weird, not a weird time, but he left at a, at a time where all these indie guys were, were budding through the surface, you know, through NXT was just finishing up or FCW was ending. NXT was growing to what it, you know, what it is now. Um, we had the shield being brought up Roman Dean and Seth, um, so this was like the advent of like these more athletic performers taking the spots of some of the older veteran guys. But there was still that in between of, you know, putting guys like Kane over, you know, Seth Rollins. Right. And so Batista. I'm going to jump into this. Sports Kita again. I just found an article. <laughs> somebody wrote that gives it was back in 2017. This article was written. Yeah. Um, that gives what if CM Punk never quit WWE? Mm. It actually gives ideas for storylines up till WrestleMania of uh, 2017, which is actually very cool. I just read through it quickly. Um, if we want to talk about that, yeah, we can talk about that. But um, you know, because WrestleMania for that coming year this was WrestleMania 30. This was yeah, WrestleMania mm-hmm. 30, the in big New year in New Orleans, and at this time. And I, I think maybe right before the Rumble, uh, CM Punk and Triple H were headed towards a feud. Yes. They had, they had feuded a, a little bit, like, in 2012. Right. You know, he had just been champion for a while. You know, Punk was champion for almost a, over a year. Um, and although he was champion, I know one of his uh, comments about WWE is that he felt he never really had a top spot. Right. Or that he had a top spot, but he felt that the WWE Championship was not held in high regard versus part-time acts, which... Yeah, he was playing second fiddle to John Cena main eventing against John Laurinaitis. You know, that was all he really needed to know about how they felt about the WWE title as opposed to how they felt about John Cena still. Um, That was, I think, one of his biggest gripes, um, amongst many other things, I suppose. I'm not going to go through the whole list of his two-hour spiel that he had with Cole Cabana, but I think that from where I'm, from my perspective, I think he was just, he was just hurt. He was just exhausted. And I think physically and mentally just beaten up to the point where he really, 
I think he really, what he needed was a lot of time off. And um, I just think that he was so fed up with everything. He just was like, you know what the hell with this? I just, I can't do this no more. Um, if he didn't quit, one of the rumors I heard was that he was supposed to have a, a match with Triple H at Mania. Yes. Yep. And that's what uh, the article states, um, yeah. um, that they had animosity off screen as well as on screen. Um, and basically, uh, WrestleMania 30 would have gone like this. Punk versus Triple H. Yeah. Lesnar versus Reigns. Orton versus Batista. Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. And Cena versus Undertaker. That was like the old, yeah, that was the old uh, layout of the card. But, right. You know, it's a good thing you brought this up because this was this is almost you know in line with with the uh, conversation you know about like what ifs you know Daniel Bryan was somebody who was super over and he was then forced into this awkward feud against Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family and even at at, at you know at that uh, I believe it was at that Royal Rumble he didn't he would he didn't participate. In the Rumble match, he was involved in a storyline with Bray Wyatt, where you know he was uh, trying to you know usurp Bray Wyatt in the in the Wyatt family or something. Right. So his his push was was you know derailed, and they were going to give him like a, a match against Sheamus um, for the U.S. title maybe or championship. I'm not sure, um, but then. Ultimately, he got he was so over that he actually had two matches at WrestleMania. 30. Well, it was a uh, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. Uh, the winner was entered to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, uh, and yeah. Daniel Bryan won. And then he defeated Batista and Randy Orton. Yes. So the this article. I believe uh, he made he made Batista tap, didn't he? I believe so. Uh, this article uh, mix, um, uh, mixes up the the matches a little bit. So instead of Lesnar versus Taker, which was a you know a D plus match they made it Lesnar versus Reigns and Cena versus Undertaker to snap the streak and mm-hmm. that would that would have been a lot more yeah you know uh meaningful looking back at WrestleMania 30 you know and, and I was listening to another podcast that called this out I think it was uh the Masked Man show what a great great show um you know th- th- something that was pointed out was that that was the, like one of the last WrestleManias where there were fewer matches. I think there was at most seven matches on that card. I think it was seven or eight. Yep, and seven. Two of them involved Daniel Bryan storyline. One of them was the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yep. Then you had Cena and and Wyatt. You had uh, Taker. And uh, you had the the uh, Vicky Guerrero Invitational match. Right. It was a, a lot. It was a, a very basic. WrestleMania that was put together, and I know a lot of it had to do with like the promos from like The Rock and yeah. Stone Cold and, and uh, Hulk Hogan messing up. Uh, yeah, Silver, up the stadium. S- Silverdome, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, so this would have been, you know, based off of the fact that it would have been Triple H against CM Punk. There was there was no title in his future. It seemed like you know, it seemed like he was going to be thrust back into a storyline where he was facing the authority. Um. And although that's the that's the case, I mean, he would have had some good matches, I think, with the guys like Seth Rollins. They could have drawn out, you know, more of the Reigns Ambrose. You know, Reigns Ambrose. Like, uh, I, I think if he were to come back now, I think him and Reigns would be a perfect. Oh, absolutely perfect feud. Um, 
but you have you know guys like Finn Balor you know now you have you know Bray Wyatt like Punk really could have had an opportunity to face a lot of people and help put a lot of people over I think he had his time uh, but that's just my personal opinion but uh, yeah I think that I think? really um, the, the issue with Punk at the time was that he was he, he's he's up there in age and uh, he um, I don't know for how long he would have been able to maintain you know because some guys unfortunately are not very lucky when they go through their career and they just accumulate a lot of injuries because before he got to WWE he was he was pretty banged up I mean I think he had some knee issues I'm sure he had you know I mean Daniel Bryan we found out he had like three concussions by the time he was like 19 you know so some of these guys you know especially the undersized smaller guys they had to work and I've said this before they had to work at a rate that was pretty intense in order to really get themselves over and at the at the same time, when you do that, I think you really are running the risk of hurting yourself more. And I think um, guys like Punk and Brian were at the forefront of that um, era where they ushered in, you know, what they call the indie darlings. But at the same time, by the time you get to WWE, you have this mileage on you that, you know, for Punk, you know, he had a pretty decent run in WWE. He started out, I think it was in like 2005, 2006. And, you know, it was 2014 Rumble, so eight years. Um, he really uh, had a pretty, you know, solid run up and down, you know, throughout the card. But I, I don't know, honestly, like, what else as far as, like, he could have maybe gone back into the main event at one point. He maybe would have had, like, one more title run in him. But after that, yeah, I just... Yeah, like a long title run, like a Kofi Kingston title run. Yeah, after that, I mean, I just don't know what else there would have been for him to do. Um, because you had this this glut of, of talent coming in, like you said, between the Shield yeah. and other than putting over the younger guys, and right? You'd wonder, based on his personality, whether or not he would have been that guy who would have just done what's best for business. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we we don't know. I mean, he, you know, seemingly it's interesting because you know to really get to that level, you have to. Everyone says that to really get to that level and, and achieve success, okay. you have to really love what you're doing. You have to love the business. And I'm sure there was a point where he did. Um, but I think at that point where he was about to be on his way out, I don't think he, you know, this is just pure speculation. I don't know if he felt as strongly about wrestling as he did when he was a kid. You know, I don't know if he had that enthusiasm for it anymore. So I don't know if he really would have, like you're saying, Chris. I don't know to what extent he would have been willing to put over a lot of guys. Maybe one or two, but I don't know. It, it just didn't seem like he was was somebody that was going to stay around for much longer. So you know, his story reminds me of Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Yep. But notice, you know, when when Punk left, he didn't go back to a wrestling ring. He decided to train for a UFC. So he wanted he wanted to do something. And we else. all know how that turned out. Yeah. I mean, you know, give him up, you know, give it up for him for, you know, for trying, for going and saying like, I'm going to do something else. It didn't do great, but you know, at least he tried. You know, at least he did it. You know, Moxley, on the other hand, was somebody who was like, I hate this company, but I love wrestling. I just want to wrestle. Uh, Punk just seemed like I was. I'm tired of this business. I'm, you know, want to shift to something else. Um, and 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 he did. But you know, Chris, 
I, I know what you mean. Like, I, I don't I don't know if he'd be someone that be willing. Like, I think he'd put over a good talent, but I don't know if he'd put someone over like a Randy Orton or um, or a Lesnar or you know somebody or like another Cena situation. You know, maybe a newer guy like a Finn Balor or a, you know or a Kofi Kingston, but I I, I can see him having like. I feel like if it wasn't yeah. if it wasn't that it would be something else down the line. Like he he would leave for another right. reason. Mm-hmm. The guy is a loose cannon. I mean, he left at a perfect time for himself and his own fame that he is sorely missed. And I'm sure the fans would love to see him come back at some point, whether that's 15 years down the line, 20 years down the line. But that's where it you stops. Know, just... The fans want to see him, but does mm-hmm. the WWE want to see him back? Yeah, yeah, that's what you have to wonder. I mean, could it be another Bret Hart situation where he comes back years later and does whatever down the line? Right. But is he was he that impactful in the business that? Well, he, he was one of the longest reigning uh, WWE champions. He was. Yeah. yeah. Four hundred and thirty-four days or he something was. like that. Yeah. And he, he, we actually he saw him win the title. He has to be impactful too, because every wrestling event that you go to, there's always CM Punk chance. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's getting so tired. It is getting tired, yes. It is. No, certainly it is. But it's He's something that... He's not coming that... back. Um, <laughs> but you know what's funny? He had one of his best... You know, one of the best storylines around that time. I think I think it got a lot of fans back into watching. Uh, and I just say that from, you know, t- you know friends that we have. Uh, you know, his storyline with Cena where he left... He left yeah. as champion and he held the belt with him. But then he he was back on Raw in two weeks, and it's like mm-hmm. they should have just kept keep the title off him until SummerSlam. Like, well, that's that's when they have the dual titles, right? It was. Like, uh, like I, I distinctly remember John Cena raising the title with one fist, CM Punk raising it again higher with the other fist. With was was, it, was that was that CM Punk? Yeah, no, right? I, I think that yeah, I think that Cena won the title the next night. It was like a vacant title. Yeah. And then CM Punk came back and said, "I never left, and this is the title." And they had a you know a title for title match, right? And and that was all around the time they had the pipe bomb. Well, the right was was the pipe bomb uh, like a month or so before. Uh, I don't you, remember. You had pipe bomb, and then uh, then you also had well, you had his. Uh, I think the pipe bomb led to his title reign. Was it? I think so, but then it, I don't remember that. But then I, I, at one point it was Money in the Bank. I think in like July of like 2012 or 2011, where he, him and Cena fought for the title, and then Punk kept the title. Punk won, and then he left the WWE. Right. And then. Yeah, he won the title from Cena. Cena was right. champion. Cena was yes. champ. Yes, you're right. Punk yep. bounced. I digress. "Quote unquote" bounced, and ended up on Raw like two weeks later to fight for the title again. Um, I really had like they had one sick match on Raw. It was like it was like forty five minutes. It was like a and it was actually featured in the Hangover Part Three. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, in the pawn shop. Yes. Yeah. Um. Right. It was Melissa McCarthy was watching it. <laughs> um. 
I forgot where I was going with this, but no, it was it was one of the, one of the most uh, you know entertaining things that we were watching at the time, and the fact that he just decided to leave is it was like, yeah. I guess you know, one of the best orchestrated works. Yes, of that time. Um. Yeah, but you know, I, I think at this point now, I think his time is kind of over. I think if he comes back, it won't be as impactful as it would have been like a year later or two years after. You know, he's now so far removed. We've seen him doing other, you know, other, other things. So it's it's not it's not the same. I I don't think it'd be much of an impact if he came back now. Yeah, I I think that for him, I think he's he's Punk's one of those guys. He's just got a lot of pride, and I guess sometimes it is to his detriment. But I don't think he'd be able to swallow the pill of of knowing that he you know went back. I think he just um, doesn't want anything to do with WWE. Although, I would not be surprised if he does come back to wrestle at some point. Because even though he is older, um, you know, I'm sure if he, you know, rests up and he trains and he gets himself into a good place physically and mentally, I think that he could still uh, be a serviceable. uh, competitor and uh, all elite wrestling is yeah, more than likely. Talking about, his, yeah, you're talking about AEW. You know, that's uh, look, he the, the young Bucks, you know, they're good friends with him. I mean, he, him and the Bucks are really tight. And uh, I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, Cody and, you know, Jericho, I don't know how, how he is with any of them, but um, who knows? I mean, it would undoubtedly be a huge thing for them if he, CM Punk came to AEW. That's all. I'm yeah, that say. that'd be very huge, and I, I think they may put them in the com- people will com- people com- will watch. competition against. Yeah, you know there there's gonna be attention on them. I mean, look, they'll never compete with WWE, but um, to have a viable alternative, you gotta have names. You gotta have proven guys from the past. You can't just have a, a group of uh, uh, kids and no and for all due respect, uh, you know, no names that most people don't know. I mean, you got to have names that, you know, people are familiar with and stuff. So you got to have uh, the names. The names. The names. So, yeah, you know, Punk would have been, uh, uh, who knows if he wouldn't have quit. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think he would have just found himself in another situation where he probably want to leave anyway. Because he wouldn't have had Daniel Bryan and his, you know, rocket launch, you know. He paved the way for, you know, for guys that weren't necessarily big. You yep. Know, uh, yep. But speaking of guys that aren't that big, and that had a very interesting, you know, late two thousands run, uh, Zack Ryder. Uh, Zack Ryder. Zack Island Ice Z. You know what? I I always talk about Zack Ryder on the podcast. Because I, I truly liked his per, his gimmick for a very long time. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people did. A lot of people I loved it. Yeah. And I, I, I think was he the had, mark. I, I will I, be the first one to tell you. I honestly think he had the, the the moves. He had the looks. He had he had the moves. He had the charisma to to actually be a big part of WWE. But I, I think in the last like I want to say maybe five or six years, 
they don't they have they have not used him properly and his gimmick has gotten so stale. You know, he's like an enha- he's an enhancement worker now. Yeah. He's like in the and realm of like gold dust and it's and really sad. Yeah. It uh was something that uh I think served as um probably one of the earliest examples that other wrestlers in the locker room looked at as far as getting yourself over and this is what happens because um lo and behold he got himself over on his own he won the u.s title they gave him the u.s title i mean it's just it sometimes it confuses me because why even bother giving him that that boost in the first place if you're just gonna cut his legs out from underneath him because not even like two three weeks later he loses it to uh jack swagger i believe um and um he uh he could have uh i think he definitely would have been a really really good at at at, a, at the mo- at a minimum a, a really good mid-card uh performer and um you know you're always like they're always saying like you know we're looking for the best you're always looking for your stars you're always looking to find guys that are like your go-to he could have been one of them um but as fate would have it it wasn't the case what I will say is that um, it could have been worse because he could have been one of those guys that would have been axed and would have been cut, lost his job, quit or whatever. But he hasn't. I mean, we're talking eight, nine years later, and Zack Ryder is still around. But like you said, Andrew, he's become what is now for the last four or five years an enhancement talent where yep. for the most part he's putting other people over. And um, it's a shame because... You know, there's so many talented guys and girls that have come and gone in WWE that, you know, if given the ball, they would have done really well. Yep. They were all sure. But for one reason or another, it just doesn't work for a lot of people. And we never really would know why. There's always different reasons. There's always crap that gets thrown around. But we, with Zack Ryder in particular, who knows why? I don't even know why. And- and this was a uh, this was like around I think 2011 2010 when he was yeah. on his rise. Yeah. Yep. That that's when he came out with the Z uh, True Long Island Story yeah. uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, supposedly, Another useful useful uh, social media. Yeah. And supposedly all of his merchandise was selling out, even though he hasn't he wasn't on TV for months. Yeah. yeah. And he people kept chanting for him. Yeah. We want writer. Woo woo woo. Woo woo woo! You know it's it's funny because he had the he had this you know Z true true Long Island oh Long Island I Z true Hollywood story that was the name of his Z YouTube true series. Long Island story that was, it was called the, that so he had a, a a successful YouTube show made himself his own internet champion uh, eventually got he was over. an influencer he yeah. was a YouTube yeah. influencer he the was first like, of his kind seriously he was like an a, an original influencer and now WWE you know they they took that you know they kind of went with it and they made their own YouTube channel and you know that evolved um but he never really had I, I feel like he never got enough credit for what he had done you know from a social media uh, like perspective, like he was so ahead of his time when he, you know, his show was coming out. Um, and, you know, that led him to, you know, being over in, you know, yes, yes, it was New York where we, you know, 
people were chanting over the rock. Yeah, and, and, and we were yeah. we were at Survivor Series that year when that happened. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. We were at Survivor Series, and that's, I think that was. was and and Ryder wasn't even on the card. He was on the card. I think. He no, he like... he got the biggest pop of the night when he did a run in. He did a run in that night, I believe. He did do a run in. So, it's, you know, you have this talent who is super over and then just to uh just to fill you guys in for you know for those that who don't remember what happened to him eventually he was you know he, he won the u.s title and then he was uh then, then i think jack swagger took the title from him then he was he, he was in a feud with king for a very long time this is what killed him yeah a hundred percent like the, he the was love triangle with eve, eve torres, torres and john yep. cena yes he was in a love triangle <sighs> with eve torres john cena and kane of all people um, eventually, Zack Ryder was hurt so bad he was in a comical wheelchair. He got and and, and as Andrew's describing this, I remember exactly what it looked like. Yeah. Yes, like I remember him wearing his full ring gear in a wheelchair, and Kane pushes him into the dumpster. And who could forget when uh, Ryder was loaded into the ambulance and Kane was trying to get Cena to be angry and unleash his his inner demon side, and then. I'll never forget. I that, we were at Andrew's house. We were upstairs, up in his room watching Raw. And there's the part where Cena's looking into the camera. He's got this angry face, and he's got, and it, obviously it's not doing any justice because you can't see our beautiful faces while you're listening to this podcast. But Cena's just making this angry face, and we're all just busting up laughing because it was so terrible. But we we honestly thought he was going to be turn heel there. Never happened. Yeah, yeah it would it would have been cool to see like Cena go into that a little bit, but. Never turned heel, and, and this was really all just uh, a, a way in which to get this this thing over, you know, this storyline over. Yeah, it was. John's um, making the face right now, and it's probably yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much yeah. I won't we should, we should post. Well, yeah, I, I was just farting, guys. I'm representation yeah. of that face on our social media. Post. Yeah. But I think you know, people. A lot of people, I think, looked at what happened to him, and I think they just kind of. I don't want to say mailed it in, but you know what? I think a lot of guys are content these days with just being around and collecting a check, you know, being with WWE, traveling the world. I mean, he he look at him and Kurt Hawkins now. They they have this thing where they're doing like like collectible collecting and like they're I know it's very it's redundant. pretty it's pretty, su- they it's pretty successful though. Show. Look, they're having yeah. fun. They're enjoying themselves. So who can we who are we to say, you know, we feel bad for them? I and mean, they're probably loving life. I mean, it's I guess you get to a point where you find a way to rationalize your situation and now, they're seem to be making the most of it. Now, what if that whole storyline with Kane and Eve Torres never happened? Would Zack Ryder's career have skyrocketed or would have fell flat on his face? I mean, I if, if they would have just kept him would he relevant, be, would he so, be would he be the the current Kofi Kingston? You know. Oh wow, that's a loaded question, right? I don't know because Kofi's been around for he was what, as 15? talented as Kofi Kingston. I, I, I think he's I, I think he's up there. I I, I yeah. feel as though he would have had a great run as. An, an upper mid card, like, like an IC champion, upper mid-card, right? Yeah. For a while, I, I well, Kofi, Kofi was an upper mid carder for a while. And now he's main eventer. Yeah, and, and he's been yeah. wrestling with WWE for what, fifteen years, right? Mm-hmm. Fifteen, sixteen. Years. Yeah, but does Zach, does Zach Ryder have that ability to make that next level? He did. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was very popular, yeah. but I wouldn't say that he was a main eventer. What he would need to do is he would need to turn he he need to turn back heel. 
and he would need to like I think drop some of what I guess made his Long Island Ice Z character as as I guess cartoonish as it might have been, and just add like a darker edge to it. I think there is a way that they could have done it, um, but um, what I find interesting is that statistically, Zack Ryder is a U.S. champion. He has also won. On, on his resume, he's also got the tag titles, the Raw tag titles with Kurt Hawkins, and he was the Intercontinental title, cha- Intercontinental champion for one night. So, I find it weird how like they throw him the bone every so often, but then they, you know, they go right away. It's like they don't give him these prolonged runs with any of these titles. It's but. a reason. There has to be a reason. Like they, they must have taken him to the side and been like, "Listen, we love you, Zach. We're gonna give you your benefits, your money, and this and that, but you're gonna be our." You know, our, our uh, novelty surprise sort of like you're gonna, you're gonna be the epitome so, of under of un, underdog. So you're basically calling him the Brooklyn Brawler. He's a he's well, a he's won more matches, I guess. <laughs> he, he feels like a Brooklyn Brawler for like today's audience, right? Yeah. Um, but again, like you know, Raw Tag Champion. What was that really to do? That was really to get over the Viking Raiders, who now doesn't mean anything. The Viking Experience. The Viking Experience. Whatever they call them. Uh, it sounds like a Disney World ride. Uh, you know, and even when he won the IC belt, that was to get the Miz over as a monster heel mm-hmm. way back when. And uh, rightfully so. I mean, Miz is Miz. <laughs> and he was hanging with Mojo Raleigh for a little bit. So, you know, if they would have kept him on, I, I think he would have, been, would have been a great upper mid card, you know, contender. Like, maybe he'd help get... Um, someone who was a heel at the time at the top like a Sheamus um, you know like he could have been involved in like a WWE title hunt but I don't think he would have flourished as a WWE champion if you guys agree. I don't see it happening at all I don't I, I honestly couldn't see him being the WWE champion yeah, no, I, I don't think a champion. Um, I, I would have to say usually probably an Intercontinental or United States yeah, title he, holder. Well, yeah, but he could chase the title. I think that would be oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But right. I, I just can't see him winning it. Well, we do have a new jobber for today's audience, which is the Dolph Ziggler. Yes. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so don't look now, but they could be the new tag team champions along with Robert uh, Roode. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, sorry. We decided to not go with uh, this week's Raw uh, recap because Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are now a tag item. You heard us right. Dolph Ziggler <laughs> and Robert Roode are a tag team item. <laughs> item. Means, means they're friends with benefits. They're going together. <laughs> they're going together. I think one of them pinned the other one. I don't know. I feel like Rude would probably pin Ziggler. This is getting really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on that note. The mustache does it for him. <laughs> so on that note, folks, we're going to call this a podcast. If you have any if you have any uh, uh, ideas of your own what-if scenarios, yeah, tweet us. Shoot us an email. Shoot We'd us like an email. Emptyingapodcast.gmail.com. Yeah, we got, we got a, lot of, a lot of good feedback last time. Um, but, yeah, if you guys want to share your – you know, give us uh, moments. That... Yeah, go, go on Twitter and, uh, and tweet us. And use the hashtag what if. What if, yes. Hashtag what if EA. Mm-hmm. No, just what if. So, 
on that note, well, check us out across all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know the handle names. Empty Arena Show, Empty Arena Podcast on Instagram. Uh, if you have a question for us, emptyarenapodcast at gmail.com. You can ask us any questions. We'll, we'll, we'll shout you out. We will shout you out. We'll read the email, and you'll get a read reply. And then we'll answer the question, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not too dicey and too racy. Yeah, if it's not too dank. Uh, you can check my dank memes out on Instagram, you know, uh, uh, Instagram, and uh, you check our MySpace page, our Zenga. Uh, check out our AOL hometown. A- AOL Zima. hometown's a big one. Uh, we're all in RuneScape. Uh, <laughs> don't look for us on Chat Roulette, though. Please don't. Yes. <laughs> It's uh it's a very sad affair if you look at us look us up on chat roulette. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Nick. I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm not John. <laughs> and this is the Empty Radio Podcast. See you Bye. Good, Good night. This has been an Awesome Studios production.